Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. Minute by Minute, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 58 of Ghostbusters. Brady, I saw you looking over here at my phone. I'm about to show you something over here that I just found uh, online, and uh, I think you might find this pretty funny. So Let's I'm going to hold this up here so that you can see it, and you tell me what you're seeing right now. Oh my god, it's that, a, an action figure for Janine Melnitz. Okay, right, and then I'm going to scroll over a little bit. And who's this an action figure of? Okay, Slimer. That's a very good-looking Slimer yeah, figure. Very. I would love that one. And this is my favorite description of an action figure of all time. So go ahead and read to me what you see right there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Quitten Time Ray. Quitten Time Ray. So this is from uh, the Diamond Select series, uh, Ghostbusters Select. Which uh, are awesome. They're, the they're amazing. I, I really want to get all these things. You know, I'm a nut for action figures. Yeah. You know, I've got uh, a whole, like, shelf on my in my closet, which is, uh, excuse me, in my office, which is all of the NECA aliens, Prometheus, Alien 3, all those action figures. And Vasquez just got released this month, and I can't wait to get a hold of her. Uh, but uh, I think I need to make another shelf, because these are amazing. These Yeah, and all of this stuff, like the ones you were just talking about, plus the Diamond Series Ghostbuster stuff, are like action figures for playing, but also like collector's items. Right, yeah. And they're the kind of things like you have them for, you put on a shelf, and just, um, it's, hey man, it's artwork. You can go by and admire the articulation, and just the... Uh, uh, resemblance of the actors and everything. It's its incredible. I think they should start calling this kind of stuff like explain figures because what they are is whenever somebody comes to your house, you're going to have to explain what they are and why yeah, they're there. Exactly. You know, and, somebody, and then someone's going to say like, well, why do you collect dolls? And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These are not dolls, okay? These are action figures, you know? Now get but out. These are fantastic. But just to uh, throw a shout out there, this is from at uh, uh, the figure dude on Twitter. Uh, who's a gentleman who uh, collects action figures and has a bunch of cool ones on there. So I just like following this 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 kind of Twitter accounts and looking at action figures. So, so Brady, are you ready to go ahead and get into minute number 58? Let's do it. Awesome. So in the previous minute, Peter Vankman has entered Dana Barrett's apartment and found Dana possessed by the entity known as Zool. Zool has attempted to seduce Vankman as she believes him to be Vince Clortho, the key master. Vankman has shunned her advances and convinced her to lay back on her bed and relax. He has asked her twice, if he could speak to Dana. At minute number 58, as Peter Vingman asks Dana slash Zool if he can speak to Dana, she has begun to hyperventilate or pant like a dog. Vingman continues to ask if he can speak to Dana. At 5803, in a deep, demonic voice, Zool answers back, there is no Dana, only Zool. Vingman responds that she must have a lovely singing voice. Dana slash Zool sinks further into the bed and attempts to bite Vingman. Vingman tells Zool that he is going to count to three and that if he doesn't get to talk to Dana, then there's going to be some real trouble. At 58.17, Vingman begins to count to three. As he says one, Dana closes her eyes. Her eyes roll back into her head and she begins to growl. At 58.21, Vingman counts to two. Dana slash Zool tosses her head from side to side in the bed. At 58.21, 24 Vinkman counts to two and a half. Dana slash Zul grits her teeth and slowly begins to float above the bed. At 58 48, as she is floating above her bed, Dana slowly begins to turn over. At 58.52, Vinkman stands up and observes Dana as she turns completely over. He is shocked by this turn of events. At 58.58, Vinkman goes underneath Dana to check her out. He still cannot believe what he is seeing. And thus ends minute number 58. So I think Vinkman's actually showing a lot of care for what's going on here to Dana. Yeah, uh, you know, and he, he showed up just like... You know, ready to roll. Lothorio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and exactly. And then, you know, as soon as he gets in and uh, assesses the situation, um, he jumps on it. He uh, The real caregiver comes out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's, um, one, you know, being a caregiver to this girl that he really likes. And two, he's being a Ghostbuster. He's being the scientist who's like, okay, yeah. this is the situation I'm in. This is uh, a part of, like, what I do for a living. And I need to, um, you know, 
step up and be a professional about this. Yeah, yeah, and he is, and you know, he's really, you know, trying to get you're trying to give Zul one over. Like he's not cool with the situation. He's like, no, you, you got to get out of there. Yeah. You know, this is my friend that you're possessing right now. That's not cool. People don't, you know, you don't do this to Venkman's friends. It's, okay. So now this is like professional and personal for Peter. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's interesting to see that you know work out in this really goofy scene. Um, this just like in the last minute, you can still tell that like Sigourney Weaver and especially her, but and Bill Murray are having so much fun with this because she yeah. just can't help but crack up. And uh, you know, it's just one of those moments where they put uh, you know multiple cameras on the actors and say, "Go for it." Yeah, I've always wondered when she says, "There is no Dana's, only Zool." She's doing it through her teeth, right? Like, oh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. And uh, when she does that, her face is so tight, it's so pulled back, it's almost like she's smiling and she's, she can't help it. Yeah, I really think that's what's going on. Since I was a little kid and watching this movie, yeah. I've always that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. So whenever she's gritting her teeth, uh, the voice that comes out is Ivan Reitman. That is Ivan Reitman, yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering if they had her grit her teeth and do like that because it's a lot easier to match yeah. the sound, you know, to to that instead of trying to let match lips. If there's no lips involved, then it would it you know would would it work that way? Yeah, that could have been the case, but yeah, cool. But there's Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman also did Slimer, and uh, he does not do Gozer. Gozer was done by somebody else, but he did he does do the voice of Zool. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that uh, I believe this is a moment where they just set up some cameras and said, go for it. Um, and it's ironic that this is Sigourney Weaver we're looking at. Uh, just a few years earlier, Ridley Scott would set up multiple cameras in a room and tell his actors, fight, go for it. You yeah. Know, make the situation real. Um, Yefet Kodo, piss off Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney yeah. Weaver, you give it back to him. And it just makes for some amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, it's interesting to see her doing it in the most like, dramatic and dark situation in the case of alien and here in a comedy and you can tell that she's just loving it right so uh, she exists really well in that style of filmmaking she does yeah she seems to to really flourish when she's given a you know like uh aggressive set to be around right you know? i think she's really i think if sigourney weaver wanted to she could really bust some skulls you know oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. she seems yeah. like such a nice sweet person in interviews and stuff like that but i would not want to cross ellen ripley no not with the um, flamethrower so i saw that uh you remember we had an earlier scene where it's in the montage and dana barrett is uh, stringing her cello and she's watching on this tiny little tv and we found out it was a sony trinitron tv yeah it's in the bedroom it's it's by her feet when she's floating. And when you see her float, you can see the Sony TV is over on the left-hand side of the screen. Huh. So earlier we were saying, like, well, does she have two TVs in her bedroom? I believe she's stringing her cello on her bed uh, during the montage and watching on the little TV in her bedroom. Okay, that would make sense. That would make a lot because more the, sense. Because the bigger TV was in her living room, as right. we saw earlier. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the floating effect is pretty cool. That was actually a practical effect, effect that was done on set. So the effect where... Uh, Dana Barrett is floating above her bed, of course, is reminiscent of The Exorcist, one of the greatest horror movies oh, of yeah. all time. You know? But the way they achieved this effect is a little bit different from The Exorcist. It was a practical effect, uh, and I think Ivan Reitman got the idea from plays that he had, or stage productions that he had been involved with. Basically, uh, Dana or Sigourney Weaver had a body cast made of her, and there's an arm going to the wall where the window is that is moving her up and down. They had to shoot this twice because they shot it once on the set, and everybody was so floored with how great the effect looked that they were like, oh, this is great. You know, we, we've got it. We go ahead. We have the scene. Everybody's done. And then went back to look at the dailies, you know, the production uh, footage from that day. And it was very clear that the arm, could, the shadow of the arm could be seen by all the lighting that was going on there. So they had to stop it and go back and, and shoot it again. But the way it was done, Sigourney Weaver is lying in a full body cast and she lifts up off of the bed and then the arm slowly turns her in the cast 
whereas Bill Murray can stand behind her and kind of look at her. All that is hidden by the dress, the way it unfolds whenever you see her turn so that her face is facing the bed. Everything is hidden there. It's, it's, it's a really great effect. Yeah. And it's creepy. And, of course, if you had just seen The Exorcist, you know, a few years before, I mean, a little bit of time before Ghostbusters had come out, but, you know, that kind of thing would still be fresh in your mind is one of the scariest things you've ever seen. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a very, very, very cool effect. Very cool effect. And even, even to this day, like, I, I can't tell. Before the days of CGI when, you know... Things things are a little bit, uh, let's say, easier to do than going and doing them in camera, you know, on the set. Right. There are a few movies that date back just so far that I still can't wrap my head around some of the visual effects that happened. The Invisible Man from like the early 30s. Yeah. I still can't figure out how the hell they did some of that stuff. It's so extensive and ahead of its time. And this is one of those effects that I still just, uh, I'm, I'm not looking, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how they did it, but I'm also just like, you know, don't just give up trying to figure it out. The effect is just that convincing. You're right. not going to figure it out. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a very simple trick too. You know, like I, I yeah. we can pull out the visual history guide and you can take a look at how they did it and you'd be like, Oh, that's quite obvious at how, you know, they floated her around like that. But in the moment, the way the, you know, the pacing and the tone of the scene, the music, the editing, the lighting and everything, it completely sells it as some, being something that you're actually, you know, uh, Kind of spooked by. Mm-hmm. A little spooked. And uh, Murray's performance. Yeah. Have you got anything else for this minute? That's it. I don't either. It's a very cool effect. I really like the scene. It's it's kind of the culmination of everything that's going on here. You know, we talked about we had the uh, Lewis Tully, you know, Layman of Tully, the Tully trilogy last week. So this is kind of the end of Dana Barrett's here. But uh, yeah, so we're going to do minute number 59 tomorrow and Friday. But let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit more. We're going to have Crystal Beth on as a special guest that's all right. week next week. Now, if you... Uh, you probably know Crystal from her uh, guest spots on things like Indiana Jones Minute. Uh, she's been on, I think, all the other Movies by Minute podcasts, correct? Yeah, and several other podcasts, too. We're looking forward to hear Crystal's uh, unique comedic take on Ghostbusters. I think she's got some great observations on some of the other movie podcasts she's been on. So I'm really looking to see like what she what her feelings are on the next minute of Ghostbusters. Yeah, and if you go and listen to all these other shows, the Movies by Minutes uh, podcast that she's been a part of, she has an amazing, very unique outlook on these movies that... Uh, you know, we like to get into and analyze minute by minute, and she's someone who just brings so much uh, uniqueness to all of them. So um, I'm super excited. Super excited. Yeah, looking forward to having her on. We got, uh, I think, another guest maybe lined up for the week after that. So, folks, uh, we're getting to the end of Ghostbusters here. We're trying to pack it in with as much interesting, cool stuff as we can. That's so right. We're going to uh, be at one hour on Monday. Oh, my gosh. One hour in. Yeah. This thing's going to be over before you know it, man. I know. Crazy. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back here tomorrow on Friday for minute number 59. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door. Time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at GhostbustersMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at GhostbustersMinute.com, Facebook.com slash GhostbustersMinute, Twitter.com slash GBMinute, and look us up on Instagram at GhostbustersMinute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License. Mm-hmm.